may be seated, family of God. Thank you, Jesus. I am sure you are refreshed. Ne? Praise God. Family of God, the title of the message that I'm going to teach this morning is uh, The Best is Yet to Come. The Best is Yet to Come. I believe that the body of Christ needs encouragement in this season. We have seen lots and lots of things happening in the lives of believers. We have seen attack after attack against the body of Christ. And it's time for us to believe again that the best is yet to come in Jesus' name. I'll ask you a question. You don't have to answer it. Are the best days of your life behind or the best days of your life are in front of you? Most of the time when you answer this question, we look at what has happened in our lives previously. And because of what has happened in our lives previously, we say that we'll expect the same thing that has happened in the past to happen in the future. If things were not good, we'll expect that things will not be good even in the future. But I've come to tell you this morning that the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. You remember when you were young. When you were young, you were saying to yourself, only if I can be old. Today you are old, you are saying that only if I can be young. Hallelujah. Obviously, that happens because of selfish reasons. When we are young, we're saying that I want to be old because I'm tired of listening to my parents telling me, what time I must come back home? I'm tired of my parents when I want sneakers. What is the one that is happening now? Air Force. When I want Air Force, they're telling me that there's no money. I don't want to be young anymore. I want to grow. I want to be old so that I can do things in my own, on my own terms, at my own time. Buy things for myself when I work. Hallelujah. Those are the selfish reasons that we will give when we are young to say that we want to be old. When we are old, say that I want to be young because now you are supposed to be responsible for other people if you are a parent. You must pay the bills. You are required to do stuff. You are required to wake up in the morning even when you don't want to wake up in the morning. Hallelujah. That's what happens. And you say, only if I was young. And you miss the olden days of being young. Those are the selfish reasons that we give. But family of God, with God it does not matter the age where you are at. The best is yet to come. You are old, you are young. The best is yet to come in our lives in Jesus' name. The Bible says that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. want to ask you a question. Are you in Christ? It's a question that I'm asking you must answer. Are you in Christ? Then the Bible says that all things work together for good for those that are in Christ. It's a promise that we have from God that all things, even though when things are working as if they are working against you, 
The Bible says that we should look expecting that God will do great things in our lives. Hallelujah. Because we are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a promise. We have to take hold of that promise. When you look at the life of Moses, Moses witnessed amazing things that God did. Many of these things that he saw, he was not young anymore, but he was very old. You remember he spent 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. You remember that, ne? Amen? 40 years in Pharaoh's house. Another 40 years, he spent that 40 years in the wilderness. So when he was 80, he went back to Pharaoh to let to uh, uh, fulfill the promise of God to Israel. Hallelujah. He spent 40 years in the wilderness with the children of Israel as they were supposed to get into the promised land. Over 40 years. But now, in his old age, he saw miracle after miracle after miracle performed by God. Amen. So when he was 80, he confronted Pharaoh. And during that time, as they were released from uh, Egypt, the children of Israel, Moses saw one thing that is spectacular apart from what he saw when he was talking to Pharaoh, those miracles that happened, when he saw the stick turning into a snake and all those things. Now, one thing that never happened ever in the history of the entire human race, and if I'm not wrong, it happened with Joshua as well, and that was the last time, where the waters will part and people will be able to walk through. A wall on this side, which in natural science, in natural uh, senses, is impossible. A wall this side, water. Not a wall that we have here like this one, but a wall made up of water. That was the greatest miracle that has happened that was witnessed by the children of Israel. So Moses saw that miracle in his old age. Moses saw another miracle when manna fell from heaven. Kiridijo fell from heaven. Uguja from heaven. That was a miracle that Moses witnessed. Now, because of everything that has been happening throughout in the life of Moses, every time Moses will look expecting that God is going to do something new in their lives. So he had this thing in his mind that the best is yet to come. When they started complaining, the children of Israel would, We're now busy. We want meat. We are tired of this thing of yours that is manna. Call it manna. In actual fact, manna translated apparently is what is this? They did not have the name for it. So, so he says to them, they say to him, we want meat. And meat came. Another miracle, family of God. Hallelujah. Now, he looked unto God. That happened is when the rock gave them water. Rock 
gave them water. That is scientifically impossible. Amen. So Moses expected that the best is yet to come in their lives. And he got an opportunity to be able to talk to God face to face. So throughout his life, Moses lived his life expecting that God is going to do something. Looking ahead at what God will do all the time. Hallelujah. So in his final years on earth, even at that time he understood that his life with God was just getting started and that you'll never see an end to God's greatness and love. Even at that age, Pelatina Masawahamba was 80. But he said, child, Mayofia was 90. Abasakbali no Amen. But at that age, Moses looked ahead as to what is it that God is going to do next. I want to submit to you this morning that regardless of your age, our God is able to carry us through his everlasting arms into greatness with joy. He's faithful to carry us each day, family of God. And the best is yet to come, regardless of your age. Agnanda, we go to so humble, we brush our ninety so, or brush our fifty. Kata kata, maso figa go fifty. Mas manga sa seven zinga so. Amen. Ona leba na muakir. But now, you find that you are written off because of the age. But now, you don't have to worry. The best is yet to come regardless of where you're at concerning your age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are still here, family of God. So we need to look forward to what God will be doing amazingly in our lives. Like Moses did. He's not done yet with our lives. We have seen that in the life of Moses. But now I know, family of God, that some situations, as they stand now, it does not look like anything positive will happen in your life. You are faced with so much pressure. You are faced with so much things that you are thinking that nothing good is going to happen in your life. I have come to encourage you today that the best is yet to come. It might not look like that now, but the best is yet to come. You see, as long as sun more as long as you are able to breathe, there's hope. There is hope. The best is yet to come for you. Hallelujah. So when the Israelites were face to face with the Red Sea, they thought that they have reached their end of life. But God has something planned for them. As I said today, that you might be facing terminal illness today. Do not despair. The best is yet to come. You might be facing financial challenges. God is still Jehovah Jireh. He still provides even today. He's not about to change who he is because of you going through a situation. He is still God. He remains God. He still provides even today. Hallelujah. Uncle Uncle is not about to change his character. He is the great I am. He is our provider. He is our savior. He is our healer. 
He still heals even today. Hallelujah. Now you might be facing a challenge in your home. I am here to tell you today that the best is yet to come. God will turn around that situation in the name of Jesus. The kids are not doing what you are expecting them to do. I have come to tell you that God is able to change around that situation in the name of Jesus. Finances are not looking right in your life. But I have come to tell you that the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Let's get this into our spirit that the best is yet to come. Let's see the picture there in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. That's what we're going to read. But I want to show you something on the picture. Do you see this? Have you seen this picture? People that are on Facebook. This picture, I took it from Facebook. There was a caption under me, under that picture. Okay. Okay. Okay, raise your hand, let me see. I'm a Facebookers now. Nix. Okay. So, we have one picture in Jan. You can see how it looks. So, in the black community, that picture is doji. What you see is doji. As you see it here, already interpretation is going wild in your mind when you see something like this. We have started interpreting what this means. There's lots of things that you can say about this picture as you are looking at it. If you tell like Africa already now, yes, you, you traveled to Nigeria and you went to Kaikaika, already you, you have some uh, conclusions as you look there. So the owner of the car, apparently, what has happened? He was waking up one day. He woke up one day, actually, going to work. So he uses the car to go to work, like all of us, we use our cars to go to work, or we go to the taxi. This time he's using his car to go to work. Now he wakes up, he's done bathing, he's ready to go to work. He goes to the car, he's trying to get to the car. He opens the door, uh, get out of the house, he gets to the stoop. There's something that he did not see last night when he went to sleep. You see that line there? I have not seen that thing when I went to sleep last night. Why is this thing here? So kids are playing, obviously. We are still outside. We are doing whatever we are doing outside. But he did not go out after leaving that car, parking that car there. He did not go out. He left it there and he went inside the house until he went to bed. The kids were playing outside. Now, now he's standing there, he's looking at this car. And he's looking at uh, the markings there, the map. <laughs> I call it the map. He's saying that something is wrong here. One and one don't match. It does not say two when I look at this thing. The owner of the car is saying to himself. Now he decides, oh, okay, let's do this. Let me go to the house, get my takes. And then he goes to your takes in M17. He did that. For over a week, going to work, so spend the money, petrol, full tank, that thing, it is a You are to tell you full tank. You know the feeling? 
Yes, if you're in your corner, full tank, car breaks down. It's a very sad moment. It's a very sad moment. I'm telling you. You want to reverse the time when that happens. And that week is the week when you need to get paid. And all the money is in the tank. <laughs> now, he does this for two or three weeks. And then now, uh, he's worried, what must I do to sort out this mess? He calls the towing uh, company. Guys, come and tow my car. Please, come and help me tow my car. They come. There are things that are going through his mind when he looks at that thing. Like yourselves now. Something is going through your mind. Towing company, come and sort me out here. I want you to remove this car. Remove it there and put it there. Same me out. Right. Towing company comes and it's black people, Shem. It's not white people. They get to his house. Uh, obviously, you start by paying the call out fee, ne? Yeah, you must pay call out fee first. He pays the call out fee. And they come and they check it and say, I know, Baba, no. This one, I lingan nati, no, thank you. We can't help you. And they left. They did not help him. Now he's sitting now. He does not know what is it that I must do because this is the case. I need to use this car. There's petrol in there. Taxi money is finished. I need to go to work using this car. So, the following day, he comes back from work. He finds his son sitting there playing inside that ring that you are looking at. <laughs> he goes like, hey, Jonathan, what's wrong with you? What are you doing there? Get out of that place. You are one parent with that face. Get out of that place, Jonathan. Can't you see there's something here? Jonathan looks at his father. Something where? That thing, can't you see it? Get out before you get hurt. Jonathan is thinking, Daddy, no, I think you smoked something, Daddy. What is wrong with you, Daddy? Jonathan says to Daddy, Mommy gave me 2.5 year flower. He says I must go throw it away. <laughs> Me, Daddy, I took it and I was just drawing South Africa there or Africa map. You see what has happened now? So Daddy is furious. Now he's more furious. Not that the sun is inside the ring. He's more furious that, yes, yes, today I'm going to show you. I spent too much money <laughs> trying to sort out this thing. Can't you are the problem. Jonathan that night did not sleep because of this problem. Amen. Now, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. That's how we interpret this scripture. Like we have done, that father has done with the car and that map. Amen. What does it say? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you future and hope. I said to us that I'm encouraging us this morning that the best is yet to come in our lives. And every time we hear scriptures like this, we get excited. But it's important that we get context. Somebody say context. Now, Daddy did not have context and background of what is happening around the markings and the car. There was no context there. He saw, he ran away. 
Amen. So when we read Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we need context. When we have context, we are able to enjoy the benefits of the scripture. Hallelujah. I heard they announced the teacher's training that will be happening here. Please get on to that training because they, they will assist you as to how you bring about the scripture and enjoy the benefits thereof of whatever that it says, the real meaning of what it says. So when we read, we read Jeremiah 29, I'll read from my notes. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. Many of us as Christians, when we read this scripture, we don't, look, we don't look at the background of the scripture and the context of what was happening when this, that text was written. Understanding the scripture and the background will help us avoid tendencies of reading into scripture out of our own desired meaning. And instead, will help us draw out, uh, out of the scripture the original meaning and the intent God has and his prophets. Now, when you look at the background of that scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Now I'm teaching, I'm not preaching. Ne? Jeremiah spoke these words to the Jews who had been living under the domination of the Egyptians and the Babylonian empires. Before they were eventually carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, one can imagine what it would be like to live under the domination of your enemies and then be forced by those enemies to leave your homeland and settle in foreign country. So the children of Israel were taken out of their homeland and they were put into foreign country. Amen, family of God. At that time, during that time when Jeremiah spoke these words, we discover here, family of God, from the previous chapter, which is chapter 29. In chapter 29, what we find there, we find a prophet named Hananiah. In chapter 29, you can read it at home. We find a prophet named Hananiah, and he's speaking to the congregation of Israel. He says to them, as we are going through this bondage, or as we are going through this hard time where uh, we are oppressed by foreigners, God is saying, I'm sure he's a prophet, they're listening to him, says that God is saying that within two years, all this will be finished. You'll be back to your homes. You'll be back to your families. You will be okay after two years. Is a sound made by me. It's not me. Now, obviously, like any of us, when we hear a message like that, saying that, don't worry, my brother, now, 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 you will be out of this misery. Amen. When you hear words like, you don't have a job, tomorrow when you wake up, you are going for an interview. I was submitting a CV. I mean, I'm getting a prophet of God. I'm saying to you tomorrow, going for an interview. And I'm saying it is God, God who's saying that. When I say those words, already now I am creating hope for you to say that something better is coming. Amen. And you're going to joyfully receive those words 
because I coming from a prophet. Like myself, as I'm standing here, tomorrow when you wake up, 10,000 will be in your account. You're going to jump and scream and get excited and be disappointed and not come back again next week Sunday when tomorrow comes. Amen. So, so it's obvious, it's human nature to get excited uh, when we hear words like that. That in two years, within two years, this whole thing will be done, you'll be back to your homes. But this message were not, was not coming from God. But obviously, people elevated and got to that point where they said that, yeah, this is right. This is what is going to happen. But it was a lie. It was not the truth. Even though he's a prophet, he was lying. He was not told by God that they will be there for two years and it will be done. They will be back to their homes. Now, later on, Jeremiah comes. When you read Jeremiah 28, verse 15 and 17. Now, Jeremiah tells the people, that they will live in Babylon for at least 70 years. We don't want to hear things like that. Ne? They will be in bondage and slavery for at least 70 years. Did I put it up there? Yeah. So they trusted in the lie. You see there. 70 years. Therefore, this is very key, family of God. Very, very important. Therefore, they should settle down. They should build houses. They should marry and even pray for the peace and prosperity of the city in which they, are now, found, they now found themselves. Later on, he says that, Now, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you future and hope. Understanding that where you are at, you're finding yourself in, I'm not going to remove you from that place. Amen. Some people will think that because you're going through a challenge, God will remove you from that challenge or remove the challenge. Uh-uh. Saying that in that, within that 70 years, I still have plans for you. I still have future and hope for you. While you are in slavery, you're going to go through there's something that I like about God. is that He says that you'll go through it, but you're not going to go through it alone. I will be with you in that challenge. So now, we need to stay away from quick, quick, quick fixes. does not work that way. Now, we need to understand, because as soon as we read that scripture, we are expecting that God quickly is going to change things in our lives. But understand that these people, context says, 70 years they will be in slavery. If you misappropriate the scripture, you are saying when are you going to stay in slavery for 70 years, uh, you are willing to stay in slavery for 70 years and then go through that slavery yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm saying to us today, as we appropriate scripture, to say that in that turmoil, in that suffering that you are at, while you are in there, uh, continue trusting God. He is with you, even in there. And his plans for us will not change because he's got a bright future and a hope for us. But he's not going to take us out of the situation 
because you are praying uti ukhiphe baba la ukhiphe baba awuphumine ekusebeni ungene ezaya says that you go through the fire there's a song that we sing ne you'll go through the fire you'll go through the waters but those things will not destroy you because i am there the key is going through he is there with you in jesus name no quick fixes it does not work that way quick fixes have a tendency of breaking down along the way amen so when we appropriate this scripture understanding the context we discover that the words of jeremiah were spoken to the people in the midst of hardship and suffering people who were likely desiring an immediate rescue like the one that the prophet ananiah promised them which was a lie but god's response is not to provide immediate escape from the difficult situation rather god promises that he has a plan to prosper them in the midst of their current situation praise god if you are facing a difficult situation today you need to take comfort in jeremiah 29 knowing that it is not a promise to immediately rescue us from hardship or suffering but rather a promise that god has a plan for our lives and regardless of our current situation he can work through it to prosper us and give us a hope and a future in jesus name the best is yet to come hallelujah Furthermore, women of God, you can take comfort in knowing that God promises to be there with us in these situations. Now, in the verses immediately following Jeremiah 29:11, God proclaims through Jeremiah when you after you read verse 11. Through Jeremiah he says God speaking, "Call on me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." God says that he, you will find him when you seek him in Jesus name. After he has said these words that he's got good plans for you, plans to prosper you. In your situation mtana sekaya, ungakhathali lapho the best is yet to come. In your situation God will help you, will carry you until you get to the other side. Ungafanga uphila. Amen. Here are three reasons to believe that the best is yet to come. God always has the best in store for us. I'm as rational, I was slow. We all have to realize first that the best we are referring to here feminine of God is pleasing is the pleasing and perfect will of God, which is to make us all of us a uh, uh, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. According to Romans 12 verse 2. I want to rush Now God is working wonders in our lives even if we don't see them. That does not stop him from doing the best for us. He's still working even now. In your life is working even now. It does not stop him. Number two, God won't stop finishing what he has started in your life. Can I get an amen? He won't stop finishing what he has started in your life. Never ever stop. The Bible says that we are God's workmanship. We are work in progress. Amen. Work in progress. When you read Philippians 1 verse 6 it tells us that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The best is yet to come. All that God has in his mind, in his heart is you, Danasekai. 
All that he has in his mind is you. The Bible says that what is a man that you are mindful of? What is a man that you think of all the time? We are in the mind of God all the time. Amen. God wants to do good to us. That's his desire. He's a good father. You can read that in Jeremiah 32. I want to say to you, fear not, Mtanasekai. The best is yet to come. Don't quit now. Continue. Don't throw in the towel. I want to encourage you, my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, regardless of your life experiences to date, the best is yet to come. Don't quit. Don't get weary. Don't give up. Bright future is ahead of you because you serve the Lord. Our pastor, Apostle Patrick, likes to say this, that you ain't seen nothing yet. What he means that you ain't seen nothing yet is that the best is yet to come in our lives. Look at this beautiful promise from the Word of God in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. I love it. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10a says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The way I interpret it, that is Moses' version. It says that if somebody thought about it, it's already in the past, according to what God is saying. If, it's, it's, it's if somebody heard about it, it's already in the past. In Lulele. <laughs> Amen. Kere, are we I see all Are we really? I see all The only time, it is still coming, it's when you see it in the spirit. Because he says that no eye has seen. So simple explanation, you see it, it's gone. It's in the past. You hear it, it's in the past. A mind is conceiving it, it's in the past. But revealed in the spirit, then we are saying future. The best is yet to come. That best no ear heard about it. No eye have seen it. No mind has conceived what God will be doing for you. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Say this with me. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for me because I love him. Our natural faculties cannot grasp the greatness of what lies ahead for believers. But we get a glimpse. We get a glimpse of it by God's revelation. 
what lies ahead. Because revelation is through his spirit. You have a glimpse. And he does not even give you everything for you to see it. Through his spirit. Amen. But it's amazing that he's giving us such a beautiful promise. Encouraging us that the best is yet to come. There's a man in the Bible. His name is Job. Shem. So I finished reading Job yesterday. I read the whole book from chapter 1 until chapter 42 or 43. chapter 41, but 43 or 42. When you look at the way it started, as the Bible gives us an encounter of what has happened to Job, it starts very nice. Somebody bragging about their child. Ukonukuru says, have you seen my servant? Job. He's blameless. This man is bragging about their child. Amen. As God is bragging about Job, Satan ati, ay. Utalain zanganyo Satan. Ay, man. He's like this. Because you have given him everything and protected him. Amen. Moses' interpretation, God sold Job here. That's my interpretation. That's my version. Mudimu registered Job. Utanali Judas. Registered Jesus. Now, when you read, you'll see, you'll notice something, Feminine of God. I was trying to find, when is Job going to ask God, what has happened? Why am I at this position? I tried to look for it. I could not find it. Where Job says, God, now let's talk. Yeah, I see now my children are dead. I am poor. I am sick. What happened, God? And I don't find a response saying that, no, I'm fine. I don't see anything like that until you get to the last chapter where they are having a conversation and God gives him instructions of what he needs to do for restoration to start happening in his life. But now, there's one thing that caught my eye in this life of this man. In Job 19 verse 25. Look at what he says, this guy. This guy is sick. He's be, the dogs are even around him and the flies and everything. They are licking his sores. He says this way. The flies. I'm sure he's got nothing. He did not get good counsel from the wife. He did not get good counsel from the family. No good counsel from the friends. He's all alone. You might find yourself in that position. It's so sad. Where you think that uh, somebody will come and, if not rescue you, but assist you to carry the burden. Those that you expected that would be there. He was expecting that at least if 
No, anyone can go, it's fine. Everyone can go, it's all right. But my wife, when I at least I will rely on you, and then nothing happens now, my wife. The wife of my problem. But now, he's saying these words in his position where he was at. And I want us to say the same words as well in our positions, women of God, where you are at. He says that, for I know that my Redeemer lives. And he shall stand at last on the earth. He's praising God while he's thinking, while he's broke, while nothing is going right for him. Amen. Shame, he was broke. Yes. Bring it to today. He was broke. Broke without friends. Broke and sick. Amen. He says these words. When I'm out there, he accounted to minus something. I won't mention. And you are still thinking, we you say these words and say that my Redeemer lives. Even though there's nothing in the fridge. Now you go to the fridge and the fridge. Or another one. You go to the fridge. The fridge is going to chicken and rice. It's so easy. But this guy had that courage to praise God and worship God. There he's worshiping God. He's saying exactly who God is in his life. Even though the fridge is empty. For I know that my Redeemer lives. And we need to say these words in the midst of all the challenges that we are facing in our lives. Say that God is still God. The Bible says in Psalms 16 verse 10 to 11, says that you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your Holy One sit decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come than a Sekaya. God, God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. Just sit in his presence. And God will continue revealing stuff. will continue to work as he has promised in his word. Bible says that in his presence there is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. God bless you.